Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello and welcome to the Security Token Show. We're your hosts. I'm Hurry Konis and this is Kyle Solon. We're here in sunny Miami, Florida, and we're ready to bring you the latest security token news, the latest new investment opportunities, the latest trading activity, and of course, what's happening in the metaverse. And then our main topic, which this week is BlockFi and their $100 million fine from the SEC. We're going to dig into that. But first, of course, we have to thank our sponsor of the show for making all of this possible. This week, that's TruckPal which is a SaaS platform designed for the complex Chinese freight market. They're a profit-sharing security token, and by using the TruckPal platform, users can access a full scope of freight-related services as well as easily manage their finances and taxes. They're also designed to have a wrap token, the, the TruckPal token, to provide liquidity for its app users in China. The D-TruckPal token is a utility token which will activate and maintain its user stickiness and further encourage the growth of the TruckPal ecosystem. Their team has more than nine years of experience in R&D and operations in the freight industry, as well as experience in the blockchain space. So thank you, TruckPal. Thank you, TruckPal. What a great episode. We've got 128. Cool merch, by the way. Thank you. With that, let's get into the top five. And moving into our top five headlines that you could not have missed this week and you need to make sure you're up to date on, number one, the New York Stock Exchange. NYSE has officially filed some trademarks for NFT and cryptocurrency-related services. And this comes on the heels of the fact that NYSE has actually created NFTs for some IPOs that recently went live, including Spotify, Snowflake, DoorDash, Roblox, and others. But now they're also filing trademarks and patents potentially for providing downloadable virtual goods and using authentication using blockchain technology. This is a pretty big deal, obviously, to see. I'm sure this is a way for the New York Stock Exchange to start exploring how blockchain technology can work in terms of transfer between multiple parties. And you have to expect that if this goes successfully, they're going to be exploring how to leverage it for their security settlements as well. Pretty cool. The first stock exchange in the world will compete against the likes of OpenSea and others. Number two, we've got BlockFi which is our main topic today, but it's worth for you knowing. If you don't check it out, you need to know they got a $100 million fine. They settled with the SEC. That's actually going to go to the federal as well as to some of the state regulators that they've had to settle with for, in fact, breaking securities laws with their investment opportunity products. So we're going to dig into that and more, but that's a pretty, pretty big deal for the industry. Tune in later to find out exactly what happened and how it will affect BlockFi moving forward, because I don't think it's how you'd expect Moving to number three, we have DBS. It's one of the biggest banks in the world, and they are launching a retail digital assets trading desk. This comes after they announced they were doing an institutional trading desk that's done $819 million in volume over 2021, with 595 of that coming in just Q4 alone of 2021. So they are really ramping up their services for institutions, and now they're getting into the retail space, creating what they're calling a self-service online portal for retail investors to access cryptocurrency. So could they be coming for Coinbase and others? We'll have to see. 
I don't know, but we're going to move on to number four, more SEC news. This time, news that they're investigating Binance US. That's the US division related, of course, to global Binance. And in this case, we know that it's related to two trading firms, uh, in this case, Sigma Chain and Merit Peak. Uh, there must have been some kind of activity that they were involved in, which is why the SEC has stepped in. We know that those firms are market makers. Of course, they're then you know buying and selling cryptocurrency you know continuously through the Binance US market. And in this case, that's all we know. So of course, we're going to let you know when we learn more. But not always great for a, a local exchange to get hit with news by the SEC investigation. Definitely not. And finally, number five, we have BTG Paxwell, the South American bank. You've heard of them before with their REIT BZ products. We covered it here on the Security Token Show many moons ago. And they successfully blew that thing out of the water, oversubscribing their real estate investment product via a security token. And they're taking it one step further, now launching a second product. This one titled very similarly REIBZ as opposed to REIT BZ. But this REIBZ product is going to be a $15 million bond that they're looking to issue onto the blockchain as well. And they're going to be working with Tezos as well as Ethereum. They try to be blockchain agnostic. We'll, of course, have more on that for you in our segment with Megan, where she covers all the latest STOs. But first, we got to get to John and get the rest of the industry news. Hope everyone enjoyed the weekend and ready to get some tokenized done. So I'm John Pittman, also known as the Token Advisor, and I'm here with some industry news for you guys. So let's get this segment started with some news on the Eastern Hemisphere. Where exactly? Japan. So a company called Japan Exchange Group, or JPX, announced that they are looking into raising funds through security tokens in the form of what's called a digitally tracked green bond. Once again, I said looking into, which means JPX is just in the research phase. A digitally tracked green bond is a bond that utilizes blockchain technology to improve transparency of data and efficiency of data collection. The primary objective of the initiative is to help JPX achieve carbon neutrality as an issuer. They believe that in the future, it will be possible to consider creating a sustainably linked bond that automatically changes bond issuance conditions, such as the interest rate that's tied to the achievement of sustainability targets. You know what else is great? Security token markets company Colors. So our very own Peter Gaffney dropped an amazing article, once again, with his tokenized this series, which is now up to 51, if you count. This week, Peter highlighted tokenized sports franchises. He brings up a great point that sports and crypto are actually beginning to collide explosively. As a matter of fact, some of the biggest news coming out of the Super Bowl last week centered around crypto commercials. But let's talk about the benefits of tokenizing a sports franchise. So to start, if you didn't know, sometimes these sports franchises have a good amount of people who have shares in a particular sports team. Security tokens allow individual share owners to liquidate portions of their shares for whatever reason, whatever purpose they might want the liquidity for. The security tokens can be structured as an equity, a debt backed by franchise operations, or simply just a revenue share in future performances. In turn, fans could experience the upside emotionally and financially if the teams were performing well. Just for reference, the Golden State Warriors recently sold a 5% minority stake while being valued at $5.5 billion in comparison to the valuation of $450 million back in 2010. That's an 1,122% increase for those that want, don't want to do the math. But you know who is doing the math? Cameron Hajazi, the CEO and co-founder of the NFT marketplace, Scent, who just suspended most of the NFT sales in his marketplace, citing rampant fakes and plagiarism. Now, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Jack Dorsey selling his first tweet that he ever made for almost $3 million. Well, this was the platform that did it. Hajazi highlights three main problems which caused the shutdown. For one, people were selling unauthorized copies of other NFTs. Two, people were making NFTs of content which did not belong to them. And three, people were selling sets of NFTs that looked to be a security by the SEC's definition. 
And Jazzy goes on to say that he realizes it's just money chasing money, but the company will remain keen on protecting content creators and may introduce centralized controls and short-term measures in order to reopen the marketplace. How they handle the situation is something we also watch play out. Another thing that the finance industry has been watching is the SEC and its reluctance to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF. So apparently, the SEC allowed comments and feedback on a proposed rule change that would convert Grayscale's Bitcoin trust to a spot-based exchange-traded fund, otherwise known as an ETF. The proposed rule change generated a long list of comments with a large majority in approval. Several respondents to the SEC proposal argued that the regulator had already approved futures-based exchange-traded products, so a spot-based product should logically come next. As of recently, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust has been trading at a massive discount in recent months as investors are speculating and hedge on the ETF being approved by the SEC. Now, the U.S. risks falling behind other countries, such as Canada, which have already approved such investment products. But something else you don't want to fall behind on is a new series called Open Tab, hosted by myself. Uh, this week, I pair of great guests with great cocktails, and the new episode drops this Wednesday right here on our YouTube channel. That's it. Let's pass it on to Meg so she can spill the tea on our security token offering updates. Now we'll catch you guys next week on the other side of the blockchain. Greetings from the metaverse. Welcome back to STO Updates. Before we jump into this, I have some tea to spill. My show, Spilling the NFT, is dropping episode three on Tuesday, 2-2-22. So following this release, we'll be dropping one episode a week, every single week. So follow us on Twitter at Spilling the NFT for the latest drops. And we also have some NFTs to give out, but you'll have to get the details over there on our socials. So check out our trailer right now. Best day ever. Let's get to the STOs. Banco BTG Pactual, a Brazilian investment bank, is planning to release its own security token. This token will be named REIBZ, and the bank will hold an ICO for the token, which will aim to accumulate somewhere around $15 million for its further development, according to Bloomberg. BTG Pactual was the first major investment bank to officially launch a security token offering with REIBZ. It has since successfully launched and exceeded the soft cap of the real estate-backed token on the Ethereum protocol. And next up, we have Prospera, a governance platform and charter city developer. They've announced the launch of an additional $100 million fundraise to develop the first charter city in the world built on the Prospera governance platform. Investors can acquire fractional ownership of real estate in Prospera's first charter city in the form of a security token. Investors can also choose to receive security tokens representing their shares in the company. Securitize is providing two critical financial services for Prospera. They are verifying investor identity and acting as Prospera's digital transfer agent, in which capacity it will issue the tokenized shares and record their ownership on the Ethereum blockchain. That is all I have for this week, but don't forget to reach out to tips at stowmarket.com with any sort of ideas or STO updates in the meantime. Next, let's hear from Samuel Sachs for some great market updates. Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to the market update segment of the show. The security token market cap has exceeded $3.8 billion. And it seems that if we can get some more macro financial stability 
It's gonna push this thing right into the $4 billion range. And it's only February. It's crazy to see how far we've gone in such a little time. Today, we're gonna to look at the technical breakdown of two of the biggest ATS in the industry, T0 and INX. Since the beginning of the year, T0 has built a pretty tight wedge and it resolved to the upside on the Boston Stock Exchange news. It reached a high of 580 before selling in the mid $4 range. It has since been flagging this upper level, but there's wider spreads from less volume, so there's a lot more sporadic movement. From opening the year in the $2 range, T0 has outperformed the entire security token market. INX has done some performing as well, but unfortunately, underperforming. While T0 has been trading upwards, INX frankly has been crumbling. It is trading in the $1.20 range, slowly creeping to its opening price of 90 cents. And I can't help but mention a glaring challenge within the security token space, lack of liquidity. There just isn't the infrastructure at this time to support the volume that cryptocurrencies trade. However, the bright side of things are that unlike many cryptocurrencies, security token owners can sleep well at night, not worry about an executive order or Gary Gensler at the SEC cracking down. Security tokens are a fully compliant investment vehicle. So as we build out the infrastructure to have more volume, where we can be trading with tight spreads and automatic market makers, we're not gonna have to worry about more regulation and potentially what are and what aren't securities. It's an exciting time, folks. And until next Monday, that's all. Have an awesome rest of your week. Wakey, wakey. Welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Cole. JP Morgan sets up shop in Decentraland in the form of a lounge. And it's an interesting angle. It has a giant tiger roaming around followed by a walled picture of the CEO. Hashtag weird. But check it out yourself. Next, coming up after claims of groping in Meta's Horizon Worlds, Meta adds a personal boundaries feature to create distance between virtual avatars. Next up, Ocean Park is among the oldest and second largest theme parks in Hong Kong, announcing Monday that it is entering the metaverse with Sandbox to offer virtual experiences. Next, Metaverse Land Investor Every Realm raises 60 million at A16Z Ventures, offering and creating experiences on the digital land beyond simply investing in it. For example, Fantasyland Resort, the company also built a Metaverse school called Realm Academy, as well as a shopping mall in Decentraland. And while some of us are praying for mainstream Metaverse adoption, others are praying inside the Metaverse with many religious denominations now offering interactive digital locations to supplement traditional services, giving members the opportunity to experience spirituality in an immersive 3D environment through virtual reality. Amen. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Evangel. And so for our Companies of the Week for episode 128 here of the Security Token Show, obviously when we're talking about Companies of the Week, we're talking about the two biggest companies in the space that caught Herwig and my eye this week. And we wanted to shine a spotlight on one of the reasons why they are thriving. And so to kick it off, Herwig, who do you got for Company of the Week? Well, I have to give it to number one here, Kyle. Our number one piece of news, the New York Stock Exchange, which, of course, the first stock exchange in history. They are a leader in, of course, the capital market space. And now they've hinted that they might be getting into the metaverse. Specifically, as we mentioned, they have updated their trademark filing, which means that they are intending to protect new lines of services that they're going to get into uh, potentially. In this case, noting a couple of different uh, specific uh, things, specific cryptocurrency trading services, virtual currency, online marketplaces, non-fungible tokens. 
You know, these are all, of course, the jargon that we know and deal with every day in the crypto world. And they're saying, we're going to go after all of it potentially. That could be a big deal, Kyle, because they, of course, are the institutional gateway for Wall Street. So if they now endorse non-fungible token technology or endorse cryptocurrency trading services through their exchange, now that's the biggest game changer, I think, to happen to crypto out of anything that we've seen to date. Uh, And so for that reason, of course, just this little hint, I have to give Company of the Week to the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, we're really starting to see this consolidation between the crypto and blockchain space and the traditional markets, right? With Gensler coming out and saying that these things are securities. Now you've got the other side, the securities exchanges that are offering NFT products and crypto services. You start to see this 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 mending beginning to happen, and we're right here on the forefront here at the Security Token Show. I think that's a great sure pick. Well, Kyle, I'm curious. Who's yours? I'm ki- I'm going on the same line here. I'm picking another stock exchange, not here okay. in the U.S. We're going to Japan. The Japanese stock market, JPX is actually working with blockchain green bonds to drive a carbon neutral product by 2024. So they're focusing on both sustainability in the environment as well as tokenization technology to leverage using these green bonds. They're gonna be working with Boostry, which is a product built by the Nomura Securities Association as well as some other banking partners. SBI is an investor. And so Boostery is going to be creating these digital tokens, again, focused around sustainability. And the process here, the bonds are actually going towards funding solar panels and biomass power generation. So not as much nuclear, but other sustainable methods of generating electricity. Very fascinating stuff. Shout out to JPX for embracing blockchain technology in a different and exciting way. Gotta love the ESG play here. A lot of green activity. Big fan of that project. Great choice, Kyle. And once again, proof that Japan has a red-hot sector for security tokens. And with that, I think it's time to transition into our main topic. Let's do it. All right, Kyle, for our main topic here on the Security Token Show, episode 128, nice. we're talking about BlockFi. BlockFi is a massive, massive crypto company, multi-multi-billion dollar valuation. If you haven't heard of it, let's start there, Kyle. Can you break down BlockFi Who are they? What do they do? Sure. Basically, BlockFi is a company based out of Silicon Valley in the VC growth stage of the Bitcoin space. And basically, BlockFi works as a place that you can put your Bitcoin into, right? You have your cryptocurrencies that you can store through BlockFi and get an interest rate on what you deposit in there. So they're basically a custodian that offers interest rates on your Bitcoin. And this went super viral as they offered free Bitcoin and high percentages of those returns to investors that seemed a little unsustainable for a long time. I remember for a while, it was like almost double digits potentially where you just store your Bitcoin with them and you could get double digit returns in Bitcoin on the assets that you were already holding, which could be a super serious investment and could translate into a ton of dollars as the price rose up. I think all that interesting, uh, attractive rates came because they raised a ton of venture capital money over the last few years. We're talking about over half a billion dollars. Actually, last year they raised $350 million alone. So you have to imagine that that's going towards trying to grow the business and aggressively expand and get more users. In fact, it might have worked. They have now over 250,000 users, supposedly, Mm -hmm. a massive base of users. In fact, so big that they've managed to lend out $10 billion, $10 billion, supposedly, uh, already to date. That's a 
ton of money all through the crypto ecosystem. And yeah, so their business model revolves around hypothecation, this idea that they take the money from you and then they can use that float in order to make money in other ways, lending it out to other people. Or famously, they were actually buying the, the difference in price between Grayscale's Bitcoin trust and the price of Bitcoin and were able to leverage that arbitrage opportunity to generate a yield, which then built a, a slightly sustainable project until we saw a kind of a... a comedy of errors all combined to cause some issues here, right? We saw Grayscale's price actually dip into the negatives. Instead of it was a, at a premium to the price of Bitcoin, now it is at a discount, which took away that opportunity that they were leveraging. Also, you saw, we've seen how these prices, these yields that they were providing as a, as in, you know, as a platform have steadily decreased over time, which, you know, I think a lot of people felt those might not have been necessarily sustainable as the, the consumer base continued to grow. And that, I think, has also isolated some of their customer base as it's less attractive, right? For sure. You're less interested in getting a couple percent on half a Bitcoin as you were to get double digits on Unlimited, right? So those, those restrictions have also caused some interesting things. And then in order to help inspire that, they created these BlockFi interest accounts, BIA, where they were, again, offering really high-yielding accounts at super high rates. I think eight, nine percent, something like that, in exchange for stable coins or for Bitcoin and some of these other structures. But I don't think the SEC was too happy about that, were they? No, they were not, because that started to get into their territory. As many of you who've been watching this show know, there is this little thing called the Howey test. This is what, if you haven't heard of it, the SEC uses, thanks to a legal precedent back in the in the day, to determine what is a security. A security being an investment contract. Something that, of course, is triggered with profits and returns, someone being a middleman to help make those efforts happen, and, of course, an investment of some kind, uh, potentially the form of cryptocurrency in this mm. case. Uh, so this, of course, set off actually not just the SEC, but even state regulators. Uh, each state has their own little version of the SEC as well, and they did not like the fact that BlockFi was coming into their state and offering this product without registering it with them. Uh, and this then set off some more bells, of course, bringing in the SEC. And now recently, we saw a lot of activity, a cease and desist, which is a scary thing for any company working in the crypto space to get from the SEC about their activities, of course, with their accounts. And furthermore, we've recently learned now that they've settled uh, with the SEC for a massive, huge $100 million fine. Kyle, that is a big Big fine. Wow. Yeah, no, we, we were just talking about the settlement that T0 made with the SEC from a couple weeks ago. That was $800,000, right? So we're talking 100 plus times bigger than that coming in this fine. I don't know if I've seen a fine this big in quite a long time, but I don't think it actually confirmed or denied guilt, or did it? I'm not totally sure. A lot of these settlements, they, they're able to kind of agree on a penalty without actually agreeing that a, a, you know, anything was committed. However, a cease and desist was ordered so that they had to change their business operations. This means that they need to comply with, I think it's the Investor Act of 1940 or something along those lines, which essentially is the still 
the guidelines we use for a lot of these regulations is from 1933, 1940, which is where some of the conversation and narratives come around how maybe some of this could be updated, you know, now that we're talking 100 years ago. But that's besides the point today. They need to comply or die, essentially, according to the SEC. 100 million, no small fine. But you could look at it from a positive as well that now they have clarity on where they need to go in order to do this properly. And if they can do those things, they're now able to scale without fear of the SEC. They sure can. I mean, it's a big fine. And even one of the commissioners did voice the fact that they thought it was maybe disproportionate. But here we are. And it didn't necessarily was designed to crush the company. We know that only a half of it needs to be paid up front and the rest of it is actually going to be paid out over in installments so that therefore the company actually can continue with its operations. And as you pointed out, Kyle, simply needs to fold into compliance so that they can continue to offer their accounts Uh, and their cool services. And at least they're consistent from the SEC's perspective. We saw how they served Coinbase with a Wells notice, which is essentially a more strict cease and desist that says that if you don't, we're, we actually have a case to, to sue you as opposed to cease and desist, which is more like, hey, this is a warning, right? So Gary Gensler came in strong with Coinbase. We talked about how Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, was not super excited about that and kind of publicly lashed out around how he felt that that was, that was unjust However, you can see that they're also going after BlockFi, so it is hard to say that they're being you know, selective on this. They're trying to enforce these rules, which is really where securities laws come into it. And this is the beauty of security tokens, and this is the security token show, so we always like to spin it around into you know, how this is beneficial for our industry. And when you look at cryptos, you look at NFTs, you look at some of these products, they do everything they can to try to say that they're not they're not you know, relevant for the existing laws and framework and that they can exist outside of it. Whereas with securities, we can attach real world assets, we can create revenue streams, we can create investment opportunities, real legitimate investment opportunities, and do that in a way that's public and safe for both the investor and the company. That is absolutely the case here. And, and of course, We expect a lot of big things from BlockFi. I imagine that they'll probably even raise even more money. Again, they have a massive customer base. At the end of the day, as you said, it's just about following the rules. Uh, and in this case, the SEC had to you know, step up because this is a rather large company at this point. So uh, I think we can expect some more activity out of the SEC uh, for sure uh, against more companies potentially offering similar service. We know there have been some others already under fire for mm. similar products. So this is just us reminding you that this is happening. The SEC is here. If you're exploring issuing these types of products or you're looking into using them, These are issues that could come up if the company isn't properly aware of what licenses and what needs to be done in order to offer you know, financial products. That's absolutely right. And it's going to be interesting to see how some of these other big firms are, are treated in this space, especially now that we're getting into these more licensed institutions like New York Stock Exchange or DBS that are offering products. It's going to give some of these upstart companies a run for their money since they don't necessarily have the licenses that some of these bigger, more established institutions do. And we're going to be the first ones here to let you know and keep you updated on everything going on in the space. You can subscribe to our newsletter, What's Drippin'. You can find that out at newsletter.stomarket.com. For more information on that, you can find out news on news, stomarket.com slash news. You can follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn. Reach out to us anywhere you want. You can find us. Just search Security Token on Google, and we're going to be the first 5, 10, 15 results. You better believe it. We've got some awesome new shows spilling the NFT, open tab, and a whole lot more coming at you on the YouTube channel for Security Token Market. And for now, that's all we've got for you. Looking forward to catching you next week on Monday. Happy tokenizing. <laughs>